Holidays, ladies and gentlemen, Santa's favorite pinball podcast, Canada's Pinball Podcast, is back, episode 547. I hope you had a great Christmas break with the family. Let's talk a little bit about pinball and then let you get back to your holidays. Do not ruin this week talking to your relatives about pinball. They don't care. Trust me, I spoke to each and every one of them. They don't care. Okay, so here's the thing. On this episode, I'm going to be joined by Dave Peck. Now, I talked about Dave Peck on my last episode. He's the gentleman who went in on a Raza pre-order. He's the gentleman whose fingers crossed is hoping it might become a collectible. It's a great conversation we have with Dave. I want to step into the mind of a man who would give Deep Root Pinball a pre-order deposit that's non-refundable, and I ask him, why did you do it? What do you hope to get out of it? And his answers are very candid, and I think his approach to pinball is what a lot of people in this hobby have. They look at it as a toy, they look at the money they put towards pinball as disposable, and they just want to have fun. They're just in this to buy stuff that brings them enjoyment, and the moment the game doesn't bring them enjoyment, they flip the game on and they go get a new game. So, great conversation with Dave Peck, I think you're going to enjoy it. But before that, is there any news in the pinball industry that we have missed? There's really not that much. One thing I want to talk about is David Field, the musician who's contributed his great musical talents to pinball machines. He put out a statement that said his work will appear on four games in 2021. Now, what four pinball games will feature the work of David Thiel? Now, let's try to guess. So we definitely know one of them is going to be Alien because he did the music for Alien. We definitely know one of them is going to be Raza. So that's two games down. So what are the other two games that David Thiel's music will appear on? Now, here are my guesses. I think he is probably contributing work to Chicago Gaming Company's remake of Cactus Canyon because we know they are expanding the code in that game and the rule set in that game and I also think that the fourth title will be the next title from CGC as well I expect CGC to get two games out in 2021 and maybe we will finally get after all these years of waiting we're finally going to get the Mark Ritchie game that he's been working on or maybe it's Ben Heck's new game with CGC but I expect CGC to get two new titles released in 2021 and David's work will be featured on both of those games. What else is going on? So this is not a news item, but this was an interesting thing I saw on Pinside. This was a thought-provoking post by Mr. Iceman on Pinside. He wrote that once a year, Sturm Pinball should make a game in which they absolutely throw out the bomb, they put their all-star team on the game, and they should just make the best game possible and price it accordingly. So that would lead me to believe, imagine Keith Elwin, Zombie Yeti, and Lyman Sheets once a year get to make a game in which they're not making it to a cost, but they're making it the best possible game imaginable. And they could price it at 15 or 20 grand if bomb were no issue. And we know that in this market with all of these wealthy gentlemen buying these games, that if Stern did that, right? Imagine if Stern made The Matrix or Harry Potter or Jaws or Star Wars with an unlimited bomb and priced it accordingly. 
Imagine if Star Wars was jam-packed with toys and everything you would have wanted. Would you not have spent 15 or 20k on it if they made like 500 or 1,000 Star Wars like in some platinum series version of the game? Now here is why this will never happen. And it won't happen for two reasons. The first reason is this. Stern Pinball would never show us what they could really do. They would never want to do that because it would make everything else they make look really boring, plain, and pedestrian. If they showed us the potential of Stern Pinball, we would demand it in every game. We would want to see that level of creativity, that level of mechanical engineering. We would want to get that with all of these games because everybody deep down inside knows that we are already paying for that kind of full featured game right now. At $9,200, we should be getting full featured games that have tons of toys and mechs and amazing worlds under glass, but we don't get it. We really aren't getting it right now. You know, Stern doesn't want to show us what it would look like if they actually put the extra effort into the games because they're happy doing what they're doing right now. And this is the second reason why they would never do it because they don't have to. Look how easily they sold out of Elvira with a piece of couch for $15,000. Look how easy they sold super limited editions of Batman. How they sold the LEs of Elvira and Batman so easily. So Stern doesn't have to do this. They don't have to put more into these games to make a lot of money on these games. Now, would I like them to do this? Would I like them to throw the bomb out and make the most magical world under glass for the best themes in pinball? Absolutely, but it'll never happen. They'll never do it. Again, I just think, I think they would never want to show us what could have always been. They want to keep us down in this area now where people are celebrating games like Led Zeppelin when there's barely anything in it. They've got everyone in the perfect position right now. It's almost like everyone has forgotten what used to be in pinball and now looks at these things and is cheerleading stuff that looks completely barren. It's unbelievable to me. But it is what it is. As long as people keep buying these Stern machines and keep selling out of the LEs that don't have much in them, then they're never going to change. They're never going to do this. Now, I would love for them one day to put all their all-stars on the field at the same time. I would love to see a Lyman and a Zombie Yeti and a Keith Elwin game together. It's so frustrating to me that Stern does it the way they do it. It's like they've got this all-star team and they keep half of them on the bench for each game. Why would you do it that way? I would much rather have Stern only make one or two games a year with their all-star team. You can't tell me that if Stern only released two games a year, but it was their all-stars on each title, that they wouldn't sell way more of each. Why do you need four or five? Why wouldn't the line keep going if the games you made were much better, if they had much more in them? The way they do it now, they just hedge their bets, but all the players are dispersed all over the place, and it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. At least over at Jersey Jack Pinball, you've got the best designer with their coder. Like It's like they only have all-star people at JJP. It takes them forever to get games out. It takes them forever to make the games, but that's what I would love to see over at Stern is have their A-team on the field more frequently and together.
right, before I air this interview, I just want to just read something for you that was making me laugh because Led Zeppelin is the new game. Stern's marketing around Led Zeppelin is something that's pretty funny to me. So I watched the stream of Led Zeppelin before it got taken down. I saw 30 minutes of the gameplay. Now, here's the part that I just find really hysterical. I want to read for you how Stern Pinball markets this game. And this is word for word their messaging around Led Zeppelin. And you tell me that this is not their reaction to Guns N' Roses, and they're trying to market this game exactly the same as GNR. So let me read it for you right now. In this high-energy rock and roll pinball concert experience, pinball and music are fused together. Players are transported back to Led Zeppelin's early days and tour the world from 1968 to 1980. As if players were members of the band playing its music, their play updates game features at the start of each verse and chorus of 10 iconic Led Zeppelin songs. Okay, let me stop right there. How is Led Zeppelin pinball a concert-going experience? How is it? When you watch the gameplay, I get that they play a song and then it plays another song. You know what I did in here? If this game were supposed to transport you a member of Led Zeppelin in their early days on tour, okay, when you see this game being played, the one thing I never hear in this game, if you're on tour, do you ever hear the crowd cheering? Do you ever hear like an applause? Do you ever hear the band members talking to the stadium, talking to the people at the concert? So I get that they're saying that this is what this game is, but is it really this? When you just have one song going after another, that's not a concert. That just feels like a Spotify playlist. So I really do think that Stern Pinball's marketing department is communicating something that's not really accurate. And I think they saw what GNR did. I think they saw how Guns N' Roses is a concert in a box. And they're just saying that their game is the same thing but it is absolutely nowhere near that. And the game itself, if you were to ask me, if you look at the Led Zeppelin pinball machine, what about that game signifies a concert, right? What on the play field signifies being at a show? Do you see any instruments as mechs? Do you see, I don't understand it. Like they even could have had the magic part that lifts up in the middle be the drum set lifting up. You know, it just makes no sense to me that they're trying to market this game, completely copying the GNR strategy without any of it being actually in the game. I love the quote from Gary Stern. There is nothing more energizing and fun than bringing pinball and music together. Nothing. There's nothing in the world that's more energizing than that. Partnering with Led Zeppelin, we created a one-of-a-kind pinball experience. Okay, let's stop there. A one-of-a-kind. Every single pinball experience is one-of-a-kind unless the exact same thing has been done before. It's our dream goal to create a pinball machine with this iconic rock band. I love this too. The Pro, Premium, and LE models all feature a custom-molded Hindenburg Zeppelin toy based on the iconic imagery from the Led Zeppelin 1 album. When lit, the Zeppelin toy scores speed locks on the player's musical journey to Zeppelin multi-ball. Really? Are we really considering that a toy? I mean, I don't know anymore, people. I really don't know anymore. I really don't know anymore. The more I look at Led Zeppelin, the feeling I come away with is this. This game just feels like it was designed before they even knew Led Zeppelin was the theme. When I look at these Steve Ritchie pins, it, you ever watch like a baking show? When you bake a cake and you make the insides of the cake and then you pull the fondant over the cake and that becomes your icing and that becomes how you decorate it as a theme. To me, that's what Steve Ritchie does with pinball. He makes a game, 
He designs it to have shots that he likes, and then he just pulls the theme over the game itself. And I feel like they just pulled the Led Zeppelin artwork over his design. They just dropped a Zeppelin arbitrarily in that ramp area, and that's it. There was absolutely nothing that he designed that feels like it was inspired by Led Zeppelin. Guns N' Roses is the complete opposite. Slash and Eric designed everything in that game to be reflective of the band Guns N' Roses and reflective of going to a Guns N' Roses concert. So I do find Stern's positioning of Led Zeppelin as being that exact same thing. I find that to be insulting to all the hard work that Slash and Eric Minier did because I'm not seeing that with Steve Ritchie's pin. And as much as they want us to believe their pin is that just because they're putting words on a page, when you look at that game, how can you look at that game and tell me that this thing was designed by the ground up with a partnership with Led Zeppelin to bring this iconic rock and roll band to life in pinball format? And if these are the worlds under glass that you guys are accepting, if you look at Led Zeppelin and say that's the Zeppelin world under glass, that this iconic band that has sold 300 million albums, this is as good as we can do for a pinball machine paying tribute to this band, if this is good enough for you. If this is good enough for you, then really your standards in pinball are so damn low. And I mean that. And I mean that. And it's it's not just because I've had too much eggnog. I just, the more I look at it, the more I wake up and I'm like, this stuff is uninspired. It's not that creative. And there's no way to make apologies for this stuff anymore. And I think Stern Pinball needs to hear this feedback. They do. And I'm not just trying to be negative. I'm just saying you have this great act you have the ability to make something way more magical than this under the glass, and this is what you give us. And I get that distributors and everyone else out there who's a Stern apologist and the Stern army will come out of the woodworks and defend this thing and say this is the best we can get. But when I go on Amazon and I type in Led Zeppelin and I see the exact same art package on $3 Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels cars, it's lazy. This is lazy. This is it. This is it. This can't be it. As we go into 2021, people, you got to start demanding more from these games. If you buy these games and if these games keep selling at these prices with this little under the glass, you have nobody to blame but yourself. You have nobody to blame but yourself. And I really mean that. I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bored with some of these games that just feel very cookie cutter. And I don't know why some of you get so excited by this stuff. Go back and look at the games, people. Do we have to take a time machine back to the mid-90s to see what were put into these games for $2,000? And now you want to tell me this is the best we can do? We know we can do better. I'm looking at a guy's Sonic the Hedgehog homebrew machine. A homebrew Sonic game built in a guy's garage has way more fun stuff in it than Led Zeppelin built by a humongous team over at Stern Pinball? That's called embarrassing. Why is a guy in his garage able to embarrass a big team over at Stern Pinball that's got Led Zeppelin that they can legally work with? Embarrassing, people. Wake up. Canada's Pinball Podcast, episode 547. Let's air this interview with Mr. Dave Peck. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll be back with my best picks of 2020 as we head towards Twippy voting, which opens up January 1st. So get ready. It's voting season, people. All the big guns are coming out later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Peck, who I quoted on my last show, who went in on a Raza because he thinks it might be collectible, Dave is going to join the show and explain to us some of that rationale and also talk to us a little bit about 
a consumer viewing pinball right now. Welcome to the show, first and foremost. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for inviting me. Now, Dave, you're in South Carolina. How many games do you have right now? I mean, right now I've only got four, but anybody that knows me on any of the, the group sites, et cetera, knows that I buy and sell pretty regularly. I don't have a whole lot of space, so I swap them out quite a bit. One of the games that you are in on right now, and that's no other than Retro Atomic Zombie Adventure Land. Now, Dave, I want to start there. What made you order this game? You know, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, I've been talking to a friend of mine. You probably know him, Kelly Daniel, over at Pinball Palace. He actually sent me the first clip of it and sent it to me and said, what do you think of this? And I kind of responded, ah, you know, it's, it's all right. It kind of looks cool, you know, but I didn't really do any digging. And then uh, probably two weeks later, um, I started digging around and looking into it, and I just saw it, and uh, they they finally posted some pictures, more pictures of it, I should say. Um, I loved the floating back glass. I loved what they call the pin bar on the front, which is the touchpad. Um, I loved the small horizontal display in the front. Um, I thought it was really cool with the lit side panels. I thought the lighting was really good. The gadgets were good. The theme looked fun and funny. It looked fun to play. So I just took a dive, to be honest, you know, and thought, you know, this, this is pretty cool. I like the way it looks. It looks like they're only producing around 300 of them, at least the extra version that they call it. Now, you said in your statement that you're scared. What are you scared about? Um, because, it's you know, everybody's kind of talking a lot about it. Um, they're talking about losing their money. They're talking about when Deep Root had a, had a different company a while back. One of, one of the guys I'm in the group was said he's been waiting 10 years for them to deliver a machine. Well, that, that was a different company a while back. And Deep Root's different now, obviously. They're, they're a different company anyway. And so I'm just kind of scared with a startup company. I'm scared that, you know, they're going to take my money or they're going to take everybody's money because Highway, Highway Pinball, same thing happened. You know, they, they made a lot of promises. They delivered a few machines. They shut the doors. People lost a lot of money. So that's why. Now, what version of Raza did you order? I ordered the extra. Okay. So you're all in. So did you pay in full or did you give a deposit? No, I gave a deposit. My reason was because I want to make sure they deliver a game. I want to see some people actually say, hey, my game's here. It works. You know, because they actually have a strange contract with, with that game right now that you have to actually look through and you have to sign before you can before you can seal a deal and, and have your deposit taken, et cetera. You know, and, and part of that, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, that thing that they wrote up for everybody to sign basically leaves you hanging if, if they don't deliver or if the machine's not, you know, everything they said it would be, et cetera. You know, it's, it's kind of sketchy. Let's just put it that way. So, Dave, this is this is the point that I'm so curious about, and I'm so happy you're joining the show and being a good sport. You get this contract that yeah. is sort of like an indemnification clause, right? That if anything goes wrong or we don't deliver your game, you lose your money and that's it. You have no recourse. Is that, how yeah. is that not a red flag? How did you still push forward and then send money? You know, no, it's it's uh, I'm a gambler. I guess people in the past have gotten games from startup companies and I'm and I'm kind of going out on a limb hoping that I'm going to be the same guy that does. But I am. I'm a gambler, you know, and I didn't have to put down a huge amount. I mean, it's a huge it's not chump change. Don't get me wrong. It's like fifteen hundred bucks you put down. But, you know, I'm also going out on a limb thinking, OK, that you know they seem pretty serious about it. They seem like they're ready to do this this time, I guess, even though it's been delayed three times. And I'm just kind of going out on a limb. I don't know what else to say other than that, really. I'm, I'm a gambling man. What do you think your odds are that you're going to get a game when they promised it to you? Oh, wow. When they promised it to me? When did they promise good. it to you? Uh, they promised it to me in February or March. Okay. So you think uh, not good. And I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I hope it does, but I really don't. At what point on this journey will you start to worry? Uh... You know, probably not till summer, to be honest. Um, they, they've summer. delayed this game three times. 
Wait, wait. I know, that's a while. Wait, so you put down a non-refundable $1,500 deposit on a company yeah. that promised you a game in March, and you won't mm-hmm. worry until summer? Well, because I didn't put down the whole thing. If I'd had ten grand on this thing, I'd be worried March 3rd, probably. Right. Uh, I only put down a little bit. So, you know, I'm giving them some time. Obviously, it's been delayed three times. I expect it's going to be delayed a fourth time. And the reason for that is I watched a YouTube tour of their their facilities three weeks ago. You know, they're, they've got something called a pin box now that they want to pack these things in. And they want to charge you a thousand bucks for that to pack the machine and get it to you undamaged. You know, otherwise, they're not going to take any responsibility if the machine gets damaged unless you spend a thousand bucks on this crazy thing that they've built. So, you know, they, they demonstrated that. Another red flag. No, Dave. Uh, Dave's still in. I, here's what I love about Dave. He's just like all the red flags. It's like all the roads are closed signs. You're just plowing through them. And so PinPod is the only way they'll guarantee the safety of the machine. It's a thousand dollar box. It's a wooden box that they're branding. What do you think about the guys who put down 9K? Do you think that was a, that's too much of a risk? I do. Yeah, I do. And some of these guys bought multiple games. Yellowbird bought yeah. two on day one. And yeah. so let me ask you a question, Raza 300. We haven't seen any manufacturing. Now, as a buyer, were you able to talk to Robert or anyone over at DeepRoot when you sent your order in? And did you ask any questions about manufacturing and when you might see stuff? I did send them an email the next day. Um, after placing my deposit, asking, you know, what their timeline was and where I would be in the queue. I just wanted to see where I was. You know, maybe it's not too late to grab my deposit back if they give me the wrong answer. Sorry, let me put my phone on silent. But um, and so I sent them an email and I asked those questions and they did respond. They responded in about 10 minutes. Um, they said, you know, thanks for your order. Um, if you look on our website, you know, we've, we've kind of designated how we're going to release these machines. And the way they're doing it, according to them, is that they're going to give the people that paid all the money up front first dibs on the machines once they're ready. And then they were going to get down the line after that to people who put a put down a deposit and they told me that you know my machine was expected to be released sometime in february or march it does feel like a gamble because even according to them whoever risks more gets rewarded faster with their sort of you know you kind of cut the line if you pay in full so all right so you're in on a deposit now that deposit is non-refundable right like you can never you can never ask for that money back ever yeah, no, I could probably ask, but I'd get it. Um, from what I understand, you know, the, the only option you have would be to uh, to take it as a store credit. When it comes down to it, if you've got 1500 bucks laying down and you're going to try to fight over it, you're, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. I mean, you know, even a lawyer is going to charge you a few hundred bucks to send them a letter. And by then you're, you've thrown 1800 bucks in. So it's a big gamble. It is. Now, what number Raza are you? I didn't even look. Kelly told me his number and and I was going to check my email and see what number I was. And I didn't even look. When I looked this morning, a friend of mine had ordered one and he was number 186. Wow. Okay. So they're getting up there and they said 300 will be the maximum and no matter what they get by the 30th of December. So we've only got a a little more than like a, a week away from this thing being closed. Order banks are shut down and then they're going to get to building the game. Do you hope you see sometime in January, Dave, the manufacturing line? Would that make you feel better? It would, yeah. Okay, well, we we hope so too. So the other part I want to talk about is you said that this thing might be collectible, right? If they only make 300 Razas, what did you mean by that? If you go in and you get it, you think this game will be worth more than the $9,000 it costs? It could possibly. Um, I mean... You know, not necessarily, when I say collectible, you can interpret it however you want. You know, I, I looked up the word collectible just so I'd make sure I was understanding exactly what you were looking at possibly, you know, and, and 
just a definition that is worth collecting or of interest to a collector, or it's able to be collected. That's what collectible the definition is. Now, very broad. something that's collectible does not necessarily mean it's going to be more valuable one day, but you know, it's going to be sought after possibly. Um, it might be a rare item that people are looking for because there were so few out there. And then hopefully, yeah, hopefully the, the value goes up. Same thing happened with Alien when uh, when Highway, you know, went under. They only released, I think I want to say around 200 machines before they shut the doors. Half of those stayed in the U.S., half of them stayed overseas roughly. And it, it created a demand. A lot of people like me loved the theme. They loved the machine and that drove the price up. And so it became what I consider to be a collectible item. And I'm kind of hoping that Deep Root becomes something similar. And the reason for that is because I think that they've got a very unique machine. I think they've got a machine that is unlike anything that's on the market with the pin pad, with the raised back glass, excuse me, floating back glass, the, the game looking fun, the lit side panels haven't been around since Alien. They need to hire me for marketing because it's the pin bar, not the pin pad. It's the pin pod, not the pin box. Dave, you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you've renamed all these things. Okay, yeah. so Dave, on some level, and I, I'm just curious because I would be this way. Do you hope they don't sell too many because then you have a rarer version of Raza? Are you sort of wishing it doesn't get to 300, that it's maybe just two? I don't think so. Um, you know, and I'm just going to compare apples to oranges. I mean, if you look at Jersey Jack, some of their games, you know, are thousands. You know, some of them, they're, they're making 5,000, you know? I mean, it's, you know, 300 isn't that many. I mean, they've already sold... I'm guessing probably 200 by now. You know, 100 more, no, I'm not really, it's not on my radar really for them to, to go under 300. One way or the other, I don't think it's going to matter too right. much. Just my opinion. Now, I told Deep Root that I would buy Raza game number one but my conditions were different than their conditions. My conditions were I would buy the extra edition if it was made and put in a box. I would buy the first game or the first one of the first few games off the line. Dave, do you think Robert has heard my offer? And do you think he will sell me a Raza without me putting a deposit down? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, do I think he's heard it? Probably. You know, I mean, he responded to my email. So, you know, I can only imagine if he went through the same channels I did, he probably saw it. A year from now, are you going to hate Kelly Daniel or are you still going to be friends? No, absolutely not. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Kelly and I are on the same page for a lot of things, I think. You know, well, maybe not Led Zeppelin. He likes, he's more fan of a theme than I am, I think. But, uh, but no, everybody's entitled to an opinion. I don't have a problem with anybody's opinion. We'll be friends. So what other games are you in the market for right now? Right now, I'm in the market for the Deep Root Raza and the Alien. So you have a deposit down on Alien. Yeah. Walk me through how you came to that. Well, I'd heard back at the beginning of summer that there were whispers about this game being remade. Of course, they had been whispering about it for years, but I heard from more of a reliable source that sent me some pictures that may actually happen. And... Um, so I just kind of sat around and waited and, you know, eventually it popped up. Hey, here, uh, Pinball Brothers is back and they're going to be re-releasing Alien and, and they obviously made some changes to it. Everybody's aware of that probably by now. I just saw it coming. And, you know, again, I know it's a gamble, just decided to go for it because it was one of my favorite games, to be honest. Um, it was one of my most expensive games. I have the original Highway Alien. And so I was kind of excited that I might have the opportunity to get another. So do you still have your Highway Alien? I didn't. I sold it. Okay. And did you probably profit it off of that sale, no? I didn't actually. Um, I, I just about broke even on it. Did you have an LE or a standard? Standard. Okay. So you saw Pinball Brothers is bringing it back, and so you've gone in with Coin Taker, correct, to get this game? Right. Okay. Now there's not much of a gamble there because Coin Taker is not going to send the Pinball Brothers your money until 
your game is ready to ship. Yeah, and you know, and I mentioned that in one of the forums because whenever you start talking in the forums, everybody's got a lot of different opinions, etc. And you know, some people are all agreeing, some people don't, and a lot of people mention, "Oh, you're going to lose your money on Alien again." And you know, my response was the same. I was like, you know, I'm not buying from Pinball Brothers directly, but I want to add that I think Pinball Brothers mentioned they didn't want to take deposits on this game, and well, I guess they didn't lie. They're not taking them. Coin Taker's taking them. So I'm I'm putting my faith in Coin Taker that if they don't get the machines, they're going to give me my money back. Right, and nobody's been burned more than Coin taker over the years they're the ones who gave john papaduke a ton of money for razas back in the day i think they were out a couple hundred grand in in raza pre-orders so they've been more careful because they also got burned by barry with lebowski's they've learned their lesson now dave were you around when the whole highway pinball big lebowski fiasco was going on and people were losing money on pre-orders no i've read a lot about it in the forums and i was part of the forum once i got my machine so you know people were talking about it okay so you weren't there to feel the sting of this thing and do you feel that you might be going down the same road that some of those people went down way back then when they got stars in their eyes because they really wanted these games but the lessons everybody learned was the companies have to be sound and you have to really understand the complexities of manufacturing pinball before you take Take people's money like knowing that and you must know that now that's why people when when you say like i pre-ordered raza people are jumping on you or i pre-ordered alien right. do you feel like if you were around back then you might be more hesitant to do this right now I mean, it, yes and no. I mean, with Alien, I don't feel that way because I, I think Cointaker's a solid company and, you know, I think they're holding the money as well. Um, and, and they want to see machines before before they're going to pull the trigger themselves. But um, but with Deeper, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a little more nervous. and, and But, I, you know, again, it's a small investment compared to 10 grand, I think. So right. I'm taking my chance. Let me ask you a, a speculator's question because I'm a gambling man myself. You know, I like to put money down on, the, on football every weekend. I bet against the Jets. I've made enough money to buy a pinball machine betting against the Jets. How about you and I, we go in on a second gamble. Let me run it by you. <laughs> All right, go ahead. We go half and half on an extra edition deposit. What is that? Like 750 each? Yeah. And then we flip it. If it if it actually comes out, if it's collectible and they make only mm -hmm. 300, you and I, brother, we're, we'll flip it. We take what we get. Would you be up for that? Canada and Dave Peck go in on one? I flipped my Guns and Roses and I made a little bit of money on it because it, people wanted it. The demand was there. So yeah, I'm all over that. Let's do it. All right, it. so we're going to do it. So you heard it here first. Canada and Dave Peck are going to go splitsy on a Raza Extra Edition. Right now, Robert Mueller is like, you get any email from Canada, you hit delete, and we're canceling that order. We're going to tell him he's order number 301. So wait, you flipped a Guns N' Roses Jersey Jack machine already? Yeah. What, Dave, what, talk to me about that. All right. Um, you know, I, I wanted it. I wanted it. I've got an ACDC. I love my ACDC. I wanted it right next to it. Um, I loved everything about the way it looked. Um, everybody was giving it great reviews. And I ordered one. And mine was delivered probably three weeks ago. Before I opened it, I messaged Kelly. And I was like, you got a GNR over there? He's got, I got the LE. And I was like, okay, I need to come play it before I want to, before I decide if I want to flip this thing or keep it. And so I went over to his place and I, you know what? I played it once. Um, and I know that's not the right thing to do. I mean, I eventually played it more. Don't get me wrong, but I played it once. And then I went over and played stranger things. I wasn't thrilled about it right away, you know? So I was like, all right, you know, I went back, somebody else was playing it. And it, to me, I had more fun watching somebody else play it than I had playing it. And the reason for that is 
because there's a lot going on. There's lights galore, which it's a really cool looking machine. And they've got these rotating light cannons that come on at certain parts of the game. The music's awesome. There's so much happening that it's almost confusing. I had a, I had a better time watching people play it. So Dave, are you a GNR fan? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm a little surprised to hear that a diehard, are you a diehard fan or just a casual fan? They've got a lot of fans. Casual, I okay. mean, I love you know, classic rock and roll. I love the 80s rock and roll. I'm an 80s kid, so. All right, so I do agree that GNR is probably the most fun pinball machine you can watch someone else play because of the yeah. experience and how visceral it is. But one play and you're, you've moved on to Stranger Things, which is arguably one of the worst games of 2020, and yet that's all you needed to make up your mind to bail on it? As I said, I, as I said a minute ago, or a few seconds ago, I did go back and play it a few more times. And it still didn't click for you. It didn't click, no. Um, you know, I thought it was it was okay. Um, I loved I loved everything about it, but the way it played. I mean, I thought it was kind of a little mundane, I, I suppose. It had a lot of cool tricks. It had a lot of the ball locks cool. The the back glass, video, audio, everything's awesome. Right. Um, but to really appreciate, it's it's better to watch somebody. Well, look, I mean, Dave, I'm not going to fight you on this because this is pinball. It's subjective. Everyone has a different experience with every machine. Some people love Star Wars. Some people hate it. Some people love GNR. Yeah. Some people hate it. So different strokes for different folks. So I, I completely understand if it wasn't clicking with you, what better time to flip it than right now? Because people are paying over 9500 for it. So how much did you get for your GNR LE? I got 12.5. Damn. <laughs> oh. oh, see, not a bad day, people. $3,000 profit. And now if you want to go buy another LE, you've just saved yourself a lot of money. And now there, there's your Raza deposit right there. Well, yeah, and I did, you know, I did contact the guy I bought it from and say, hey, if I get back on the list, you know, if I change my mind, when can I get it? And he said March. So, you know, it's a, it's about the same thing. And I did the same thing with Led Zeppelin, to be honest. I was excited because I wanted all three of them. I'm, I'm a classic rock fan, as I mentioned, and I put put my name on the list for a, a, for a Led Zeppelin, and I pulled my name off. Why didn't you stay in and flip Led Zeppelin LE? I didn't flip it. I never got it, obviously. Um, but... I, did, I pulled my name off the list. I was excited about it. I thought, you know, what a great theme, you know, greatest rock and roll band of all time. You know, I've got ACDC. I was considering GNR. Why wouldn't I be all over Led Zeppelin? I love Led Zeppelin. And they released the teaser video. That was enough to hook me. Uh, a lot of places were already sold out. And I happened to be number 11 on a list of 10 at one company. And they said, you know what? You know, you got a pretty good shot at it. You know, you're one of 11 people now that, that want this thing. And somebody might back out and we'll call you. Next couple of days later is when they actually released the gameplay video. I got a call like an hour after that thing came out, to be honest. And I think some people felt the same way I did. You know, it didn't look exciting. I expected a lot more when I saw the, the gameplay video. I thought that the cabinet was just ugly. It just kind of looked like a carbon copy of Elvira without the house in the back. And um, and I thought Led Zeppelin deserved a lot more than that. I think a lot of people agree. The game is, it just feels a little pedestrian and mediocre for that kind of theme. And people would have loved to have seen, you know, Stern go a little bit more creative and over the top on a Led Zeppelin pinball machine. And so I don't think that game's going to skyrocket in value. I think there's going to always be some decent demand for it. But I also don't think if you got Led Zeppelin LE, you could sell it for twelve five. I, I just don't think. I don't think so either. You know, in the way that the way that Jersey Jack nailed Guns N' Roses with theme, I really thought that Stern would come out with something comparable, if not even crazier. And I was disappointed. But why would you expect that? When has Stern ever gone above and beyond what Jersey Jack puts into uh, a game? You know, I mean, I guess that's just me, my expectations. You know, when you're in a in a market where you've got competitors and somebody 
you know, puts out Guns N' Roses is awesome looking, you know, when somebody does that and then you put Led Zeppelin next to it, it's, it's not even comparable. Well, here's why Stern doesn't do it, right? And, and you sort of answered this question when you were saying there were 10 people already on a list to buy it before they even saw it. And that's mm-hmm. what's wrong with this industry right now. And I keep saying this. If nobody test drives a car and nobody even sees the car, and yet the car's already sold out, people love car arguments, by the way, why would a manufacturer improve the product? And that's what's happening in pinball is everyone just runs at every new Stern machine, regardless if it's good or not, sells out the LE on day one. And then by the time the dust settles and we actually know if we like the game or not, they've already sold through the entire allotment of LEs. And they do it every time. Yeah, they do. The game has to be a total stinker for that not to happen. <laughs> yeah. Stranger things, by the way. They do. They sell out all the time. I, I, I overpaid for an Elvira. How much you pay? Paid eleven five for it. For the LE? Yeah. Yep. They're popping up again on eBay, the LEs, but... This was new in the box. That's why. And yeah. it was one of the, you know, the only ones that were in that phase at that point. Right. And is that one that's going to be bolted to your floor? No, I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, I traded it on a on a Willy Wonka, which I don't have any longer either. But um, Dave, right now, people are listening to this and they're like, Dave Peck is everything that's wrong with pinball right now. You are you're sort of like I have a short attention span. Why? Why pinball, Dave? Why not bottles of wine? Why not watches? Like It, it doesn't feel like is it pinball or is it just the excitement of unboxing playing? I've got a short attention attention span. I've had motorcycles. I've had an aerial Adam. I put a deposit down on the new Cybertruck. It's just the way I roll, you know? I mean, when it's no longer fun, it's time to get the next toy. And that's one of the rules at our house. You know, I can't keep buying all this without getting rid of some of it because then then I'm stuck. So you got money to burn and you're just having fun. Well, I don't know if I've got money to burn. I, I, you know, I, I try to make sure that I rotate my toys so that I don't come out of pocket too much. Right. Okay. And and look, there's nothing wrong with it. Dave, I think you represent a large portion of the pinball buying community that's often underrepresented in the community. Do you ever feel that way that there's sort of like this, let's attack all these newbies with money who buy these games and let's make fun of them for doing this. It's just a toy. Like, Shouldn't you have to be in a good financial place to even begin thinking about buying these machines? No. I mean, I don't necessarily agree. Yes, the new ones, absolutely. You know, you can't get into them for less than 10 grand anymore if you want the LE. But, you know, there's there's plenty of old machines. We don't care about the old machines on Canada's Pinball Podcast. You know that. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yeah, the new machines aren't cheap. You you definitely have to pay to play. Right. Um, in more ways than one. Now, what's your dream theme, Dave? You seem like a guy that if I'm if I'm a pinball company, I want to make a game that you're not going to flip. You're not going to sell right away. I want to give you the game that Dave Peck says, bolt this thing to my floor. You know, I'm, I'm a sci-fi fan. Um, I'm really excited about Alien. I'm not excited about the, the SE. I'm more excited to see what the LE is all about. But in any case, overwhelm me with gadgetry, overwhelm me with sensory stuff and, and make it fun to play without me getting too confused all right but what theme what theme um i mean i love alien but you sold alien dave dave i have to push back here you had an alien you just i just asked for the theme that you would never sell and well, you, why i sold it what okay why'd you sell it because it's a fourteen thousand dollar pinball machine and the company's no longer in business parts were getting really hard to find i was really nervous every time i turned the thing on that thing was going to be broken and i'd be stuck with a fourteen thousand dollar paperweight i did hear rumors that you know possibly another one was going to be coming out so i felt like you know maybe it's time to find a collector to put in their collection and you know play it periodically and and i wouldn't worry about all that anymore so that was my reason okay collector or someone who has a, a gluttony for punishment who wants to keep fixing andrew highway's mistakes with all the different issues in the game so dave 
you're a dream come true for a pinball manufacturer. I want nothing but customers like you because I feel like I could sell you anything just enough to get you to buy it. You get bored of it in a few months. You'll probably sell it. You won't lose your shirt because that's the other good thing about pinballs. You never lose too much money. You yeah. get your fun. Sometimes you might make a profit. Sometimes you might lose a few hundred bucks. And then I want to sell you the next game and the next game. There must be a picture of you at Stern Pinball Day that's like, this is our guy. I hope so. And I hope they go send him one. <laughs> um, so, no, I mean, it's the truth. You know, I don't I don't make any mistakes about it. People give me grief all the time. There's a few of us, not just me. I mean, there's a bunch of other people out there that are just like me. You know, that room for three machines, you're going to keep rotating and keep flipping them and make some money, lose some money, have some fun, move on to the next one. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Let me ask you, Dave, how often do you play pinball? Uh, every day. How long? Give me minutes, damn it. Minutes. <laughs> sometimes three or four games, sometimes a whole six pack. These games, like, do you have most fun when people come over? Are you playing them solo? Like, what's your ideal pinball playing experience? You know, I, I, by myself. I just enjoy being immersed, taking my mind off of it. I own a few businesses, and to me, it's a release to get in there and play some pinball and, and just think about, you know, what's going on in front of me and get immersed in that. Absolutely. You know, I, I wish I could have more than one machine. I don't even have any machines right now, but it is something that... When you're locked into a pinball game, the, the rest of the world sort of, sort of fades away a little bit and you're just sort of in that world, flipping that game. You've got an Alien SE coming. You mentioned that you weren't quite satisfied with the Alien SE, but they didn't have mm -hmm. any details on the LE. Do you think that was a mistake? That they should have some details to get people excited and more people, but they also want to sell LEs, so they didn't want to give too many details. Or excuse me, SEs, they didn't want to give too many details and have people wait till the LE came out. If I were Pinball Brothers, I would have probably gone the opposite approach. I would have put out the LE first. You owned the highway version. Do you think they improved it or did they remove stuff that you're going to miss? They improved it a little bit and then they removed things I'm going to miss. What I'm going to miss is the small uh, monitor in the play field. Um, and they replaced that with some weapons lights that show you where you are in the game. That was the one thing I really liked about that game and that, you know, I thought was really cool because as I said, you know, there's so much going on in these games sometimes. You don't look up. Who looks up at the back glass? You know, unless you're getting ready to shoot the ball again or it's locked, you know, you might get three seconds to look at it. Well, the cool thing about Alien was that you could always see what was going on because you had that little monitor in the screen uh, right in front of you at the play field. Um, and they took that out. I think every pinball machine should have that, to be honest. Dave, I want to see you keep this game. And here's, I know if you love Alien, you're probably going to want the LE. Here's what I think is going to happen. You're going to get an early SE. You're going to realize that it's fun, but then you're going to want the LE and you're going to flip it and make a couple grand. And I'm not going to blame you on this. And and then you can put that money towards the LE. Oh, you're a mind reader. What's going to happen to me in 2021? <laughs> you're going to own a couple businesses and buy a lot of pinball machines. And <laughs> look, I, I don't begrudge you at all. And Dave, I mean this. I think there's too much finger pointing at the people who actually keep this hobby alive. And it is gentlemen like you. You're buying multiple products from multiple companies. And that's what has kept pinball thriving over the years. Yeah. So. You'll get a lot of arrows in your back when you flip machines for a profit. People hate that for some reason. But you know what? Capitalism, people. We didn't invent capitalism. We just take advantage yeah. of it. I mean, it's, you know, it's what the market demands. You know, do I expect to make money on every game? No. You know, do I only sell games when I'm going to make money? No, I've lost money on games. I will say that, you know, one thing that was a little going back to Pinball Brothers real quick. One thing that was disappointing to me, like you mentioned, was that they did not show any gameplay. And to me, I was like, OK, well, you showed us pictures of it, you know. You, you probably don't have a machine built yet. You know, that's kind of crazy. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and if they do, it's probably in the stages where they don't want to show anybody. So, you know, that scared me a little too, you know, and then I remembered, okay, coin taker's going to take care of me. So I calmed down. Well, I'm surprised a guy like you didn't get in on Guns N' Roses collector's edition, which is where the real money is this year. You don't have one? <laughs> I don't, you know, I looked at it. That's, that thing sold out really quick. Very um, it quickly. It was gone before I could even figure out they had it. I bet Kelly has one. He doesn't. No, you guys locked out of the big money maker this year. You guys picked two decent stocks, but you missed out on Tesla. Um, oh, well, well, yeah, you're right. I didn't buy any Tesla stock, but they've got my money for a cyber truck that I'll probably never get. Yeah. Well, you know what? Why buy Tesla stock two years ago? Just buy pinball machines. You know, it's much better investment. I'm, I'm kidding people. Well, Dave, I want to thank you for joining Canada's Pinball Podcast. Have you been a listener of the show for a while? No, I'm fairly recent, to be honest. Okay. Are you enjoying it? Any tips you can absolutely, give me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Any, any tips for the show? Because I'm always looking to improve. Uh, no. I mean, I, you know, I always say do what you love and love what you do. And, you know, as long as you're doing that, people are going to have opinions. You know, let them have their say and go from there. It's not a big deal. Great. Are you voting in the Twippies? Uh, no, not at this time. What? Why not? Um, you know, it's just not on my radar, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's just... I'm a pinball enthusiast, but I try not to get into the politics too much. Right. Can we ask for your vote right now on the air? Dave, come on. <laughs> I don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. Um, well, Dave, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. This is always fun to get people on the show. And I also just like getting a different vantage point. And you're obviously a collector who gets ADD. And that's fine. So many of us are that way with these toys and we might enjoy them for a few months and then we pass them on. And there's nothing wrong with that. And so it was great to get into the mind of a man who gambled on a Raza. And now we're going to go in together, Splitsy, on, on a Raza Extra Edition. And we'll see if it we'll see if it pays out, Dave. I can't wait to see if we actually get a game. Sounds great. I think we're going to I think we're going to do really well if they release it. Dave, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out to me. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Oh.